in the last few weeks that, that we've been talking, uh, besides last week where we're, some, some of us went to camp and uh, spent a bit of time together, which is really excellent. So thanks for organising that again, Sue and Nikki, mainly. Um, and it was about being called and chosen of God. Starting off with, like, hey guys, we're actually all chosen of God. We, we are the ones who make the choice. Do I follow after him or not? Uh, I am chosen by him, that I'm also called of God, called for a purpose and to just really think uh, about what calling means because that whole thing of being called to something great seems to be the prevailing thing of society, um, that, that if we're called it's got to be this amazing big thing, a big, maybe in the church, a big ministry, a big impact and all those sorts of things. But God actually doesn't call us to do big things all the time. There's times in our life, in fact most of our life, when we're just called to be obedient to him, to follow after what he tells us to do day by day. And as we're faithful in those little things, then God, if he wants to promote us, and if he doesn't, whatever, but if he wants to promote us to something, a a, a different call, um, then he will do that. We don't have to seek after that. Our job as children of God is to seek the Father. That's what we're seeking, right? So we're seeking the giver, not the gift. We're, we're seeking the one who calls, not the calling itself. And, and so often we get caught up in that mindset of, you know, I just got to hear God, I got to know what he wants me to do. And yet every day he's talking to us. How about you just, like, like I said, um, I think last time we were talking about it, uh, he's telling you to give up your anger. He's calling you to do that. Well, no, that's not a calling that I want to be. He's calling you to love your wife, love your husband, bring up your family. He's calling you to share the gospel. He's calling you to change the way you are, change your selfish ways and things like that. And, and sometimes we, we miss that God's actually calling us to this greater life that is actually life in all its fullness. When we get rid of sin in our life, when we get rid of the, the things that are anti-God, really, our life changes around and, and the obedience bl- brings... A blessing itself because all of a sudden contention ceases in your home you know you don't have people striving to get their own way all the time you know I got to have my way and you don't have a wife and a husband looking for the other one to meet their needs their their needs are, needs are totally met in Christ Jesus but they're also meeting the needs of the other so there's that that call to do that and so we talked about preparing ourselves and that was part of, you know, getting rid of the sin in our life, going, you know what, I'm going to make myself this vessel that's ready for God to use. Because, again, often people want this call of God, they want to do something for God, but they actually don't really want to change. They don't want to become a vessel that's ready for the Father to use. Someone who has prepared their heart so that they are ready for God to use whenever he wants to use them. And, and sometimes we miss that, that it's like, yeah, I want this, I want that, I want this call, I want God to do something great, but am I ready as a vessel? Have I really cleansed myself, which is what, what was said, you know, you will cleanse yourself, but aren't we cleansed by, by the blood of Jesus? 100%. But inside that, we are meant to be these sanctified vessels that, that the Holy Spirit works inside us so that we can be clean and ready for the Master to use for, for honourable works. And this morning I just wanted to talk a little bit about hearing the voice of God in that call. So um, I was thinking about a few different ways that we hear. And, you know, we we as Christians, how do we actually hear that voice of God? Um, 
God might speak in so many different ways. You, you might get an angelic visit. That's very, very rare. Um, you might hear an audible voice from God. You might read the word, and as you're reading the word, you're like, yeah, that's what I need to do. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today was being led by the Spirit and what we call the inner witness inside of us. And I want to go to the inner voice later on, but the inner witness that, that God is speaking something to us. Interesting that we often hear differently to what's being said, right? Do you agree with that? So I was thinking about this um, as, <laughs> as I was just pondering about hearing the voice and things like that. And often when, when you get two people together, one can say something and the other person hears something very, very different. All right, so we're putting it through this filter of what we think about ourselves. Often uh, our own, I guess, lack of self-worth, um, if you want to call it that, or the way that we perceive things to be. So, you know, I might be talking to a couple or something and, you know, they're talking about family stuff and, you know, one of them might say something like, you know, I, uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, that going to your mum and dad's house seven days a week for dinner and them, you know, doing all our washing and ironing, <laughs> that's the dream, right? That would be actually awesome. Let them do the washing and ironing, but let, give us some space. Now, you know, and I'm finding it really hard. I love your family, blah, blah, blah. And the other person hears this. Oh, so what you said is you hate my family. It's like there's this little something in our head that twists things around according to our point of view, right? It happens in marriage sometimes. You know, Joe might say something to me and Mr. Defensive, you know, like, oh, there's water on the floor. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you think I'm hopeless. <laughs> or, you know, I, whatever it might be, but my, my reaction might be because of my, whatever it is, my own issues, um, that all of a sudden I think, oh, you're attacking me because I spilled water on the floor, but it was just a fact. You know, you spilled water on the floor. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's not just a fact. It's like this whole attack against my personality and who I am. And so I take things the wrong way. What happens is that my ears aren't open to what is actually really being said right? Have you ever been in that situation? You, you hear something, but your ears aren't actually really open to what's being said. Um, but it's so important that we actually hear God's voice, right, in our life, because we hear a lot of stuff, and, and you might even struggle with sometimes, you know, like I, I talk to people um, every now and then, <laughs> even myself, um, and you'll hear something like, oh, you're useless and you're hopeless, and, you know, you're your mind's telling you that stuff. You're useless, you're hopeless, and you're getting all depressed. And, you know, we, we forget to filter out things according to the Word of God. So what I'll say to them is, yeah, that's... Well, let's go and find that verse where Jesus said you're useless and hopeless and that he doesn't love you. Let's go and find that verse. And, of course, you can't find that verse in the Bible. It's just not there. But we sometimes let ourselves hear things that aren't what God says, right? Do you agree with that? Like, have you ever thought that, you know, oh, God doesn't love me? Oh, you know, I'm useless. God will never forgive me. Um, oh, I'm just hopeless, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, yeah, that's what Jesus said, you know? Oh, Jesus did this. He just hates me. God's just going to punish me and take everything away from me. And, you know, but is that really what God said? We, we don't filter things very well sometimes, right? And so this is really important that we get into the Word of God so that we understand who we are in Christ, so that when we read it, we're like, 
oh, Jesus, what did you say about me? He said, you know, that you love me, that you're the, the shepherd that gave down his life for the sheep. Oh, Jesus, you know, you said you're not the thief. You said that there's another who's a thief, which is Satan, who comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus, you said you came to give life and life in all its fullness. Yet I somehow believe the lie that God just wants to make my life miserable. What is it? There's something not in tune, something that we're not listening to. And we all know that that's right, that, that we just listen to rubbish all the time. We listen to things that aren't true all the time because we aren't tuned in to what God is really saying to us. And if we want to actually be ready to be used by God, we must be able to obviously make ourselves ready, but the other thing we need to do is to be able to hear his voice, right? Would you agree? Like, there's no point me trying to do God's will without any communication. I don't know what he's saying. What is God saying to me? But how do I do it? Because being a human being made up of three parts, body, spirit, soul, so my body, the flesh, the soul, mind, intellect, emotions, and my spirit, there are those three parts. And where does God actually really speak? Where is it that God speaks to me? And we're going to have a look at that because it's so important that we understand this one thing, uh, not, not just one thing, but this thing, um, that you are a spirit. The real you is a spirit. That when you became a Christian, and we're going to look at the verse in a minute about this, you know what didn't get born again? Your mind. You know, like, because the Bible says that when you're you become a Christian, you're a new creature created after Christ Jesus, that you put on a divine nature. So in other words, something of heaven comes and lives within us. But is your mind born again? Like the moment you accept Jesus Christ, you never have another thought that's negative or against what God wants. Who experienced that? So from the moment you were born again, your mind just cleared itself of all the rubbish and all I thought about was God stuff. No hands yet? Okay. Now, <laughs> what about, you know, the, the, the flesh side of you? You know, as soon as you got born again, you didn't have any desires that were wrong anymore. Who experienced that? Nobody. Oh, one person. Raj never, ever had a desire to do the wrong thing ever again. But it's not your flesh that's born again. Like, I didn't suddenly become an immortal being where, you know, sin doesn't have any part in my life again, but, but my spirit man, my spirit man was born again and was dead to God, but became alive to God. And so what I want to talk about today is that understanding that your spirit, your spirit is alive to God, your spirit is ready to hear from God. And your spirit is born again. Your spirit does not desire to sin. Your spirit, in a born-again believer, desires to please and live for God. So when we talk about becoming a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus, it's our spirit, our inner man that's born again, that is renewed, that, 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 that separation from God is gone and the Holy Spirit joins with our spirit. Again, we'll be looking at that that now there's this dwelling place of the Spirit. And so why do I know that's true? Because when Paul was writing, he said these things. He said, um, okay, renew your mind. Your spirit's born again, but your mind needs to be renewed. How do you do that? By the Word of God. 
Renew your mind. In other words, stop thinking, uh, like I said before, that all these negative and bad things about yourself that Jesus never said. Renew your mind. How you think. You have to renew it. There's a work in it. What about your flesh? It says that we're to crucify our flesh daily. In other words, you as a human being have to crucify your flesh. The things that sometimes you want to do in your flesh, you have to put them to death on the cross, right? You've got to go, nah, that is not how I'm going to behave. Why? Because what takes control of you is your spirit. You start listening to your spirit. And you're like, well, no, it's about listening to God's spirit. 100% right. But your spirit is born again, wants to believe God, wants to follow after God. And so the Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit and it is your spirit that needs to dominate your life. In fact, you'll see if you, if you read through um, the New Testament, it says that if you follow after the spirit, obviously the spirit of God, but him working in your spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's impossible if we as Christians learn how to live listening to the Spirit of God, it is just the natural outcome that the things of the flesh, the things that lead to death, they just don't have part in our life anymore. Not because we tried so hard not to do it, but because we gave ourselves over to listening to the Spirit of God with the Spirit of us that is alive to him the real us, the spirit man that's inside of us. So let's, um, let's have a look at a few verses. Um, first of all, I just wanted to put this one out the front of everything. It's Psalm... No, nah, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the same Psalm Mum and Mitch had, but it's not. Apparently I'm the only one not in tune today. Oh, well. <laughs> Philippians 2 and verse 13. This is so exciting for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know where that desire to please God comes from? God. <laughs> God working in us. The desire to please him comes from God, but not only that, the power to do what pleases him. We're not alone. And I want us to remember that as we think about the spirit and what it is. All right. So... Let's have a look at John 4, 23 and 24. So what we want to set up, who is God? John 4, 23 and 24. And Jesus has been here talking to a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. And they were arguing about, where, well, he wasn't arguing, she was arguing about where they should worship. And Jesus said this, but the time is indeed coming, is, is indeed here now, and true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we see here that Jesus is saying, if you want to find God, it's not a human being, it's not something physical, although as form, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. John 3, 5, and 7, 5 to 7. Jesus replied, I assure, to you, assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So this is to just show us, hey, it is our spirit that's born again. He's saying, you know, you have to be born of water 
and of the Spirit. Now, there's lots of different sort of explanations of what water might be, whether that's being born through natural birth, so the waters break and you get born naturally, um, whether it's uh, the water talking about the word washing us later on, there's a few other different examples of what it might be. But, but whatever it is, it says there's a difference that has to happen with us that humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Spiritual life. So we see here that, that God is a spirit, that when we get born again, it's giving birth to what inside of us? Spiritual life. So what does that mean? What was dead? Our spirit. Our spirit was dead to God. We, we disobeyed him. We walked away from him. Our spirit was not alive to God. But now, those of us who are born again that have received that Holy Spirit of God, we have now got a spiritual life. And it's important for us to remember that God speaks to our spirit. So Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So basically it's saying that your spirit knows who you really are. When God's spirit gets involved with your spirit, there's this illumination that your spirit can see what is going on inside of you. Now we understand this, that Jesus Christ is the living word, correct? He, he came to earth uh, in, in the start of John, the book of John, that talks about Jesus, the word was with God and was God and the, the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst men. So Jesus Christ is the living word. We have the word of God to guide us. There is no doubt about us, but the word without the spirit doesn't always work very well. It can be dead, it can be, it can be harsh, it can be lifeless to us. So when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about this and, and why he spoke in parables, he said, I'm going to speak in parables now because they're not going to get it. The Pharisees, they're not going to get it, but those of you who have a heart towards God, you're going to understand what I'm saying. And he said, those with the ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. The Pharisees, well versed in the word of God, they knew it back to front, they could recite it, but somehow it hadn't come alive to them. Why not? Because their heart was not searching in the right way. The Spirit of God must be involved to unveil that, that word, the written word, to unveil Jesus Christ in our life. And what was happening for them was they knew the word really well, but they didn't have the Spirit to give life to that word. So this morning as, as I'm talking about this, what I'm not saying to you is forget about the word of God because the spirit and the word must always agree, must always agree. Forget about the word of God, just follow the spirit, the feelings. It's not even that at all. But there are feelings involved. Hearing the word of God, that impression of the spirit on you. But if you feel an impression that is anti the word of God, you know for sure that that is not God speaking. All right? Does that make sense? You know, because some people say, oh, I feel like the Spirit said this, and you listen to it and you're like, but that's actually going, is the Spirit really telling you to leave your husband and go to that other man? I don't think so. Um, that's not what the Spirit would say. All right? So there's things that you sometimes get in your life, and you're like, oh, maybe the Spirit's saying this, or someone will give a prophecy over you, and you're like, this doesn't sound quite right. Check everything. Always test everything, and the Word of God is so important for that. 
So, searching those inner depths. And I just want to uh, put up three verses here, just, just as it talks about Christ being with our spirit, just so that we can see that that's not something I've made up. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Philippians 4.23, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. 2 Timothy 4.22, may the Lord be with your spirit and may his grace be with all of you. So this is clearly saying to us that we are a spirit, that God is with our spirit, that there is that part of man that we really need to think about and understand. And we know that our spirits is where that life of God comes. So 2 Corinthians 4.16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, what's happening to our spirits? Being renewed every day. That, that the inner man, the, the hidden man of the heart, every day as we walk with Jesus Christ, it's being renewed. So it's like, who, who knows that their body's getting older? I know that for sure, <laughs> yeah. But at times I'm like, I feel like I am young and strong, a little bit like actually uh, what was read out this morning and, and like Isaiah, where Isaiah talks about it, you know, that they will run like the youth, you know, they'll be up on the wings of the eagles. And on the inside, I'm far stronger. <laughs> I'm a far more capable person and I've got energy in the spirit. And this is what we want as Christians, isn't it? That, you know, we know this flesh is dying, but on the inside, as I grow older in Christ Jesus, all I'm thinking is, I just want to do more for you, Jesus. Inside of me, there's this passion that just keeps growing for you, Jesus, but it doesn't have to grow. If you don't feed it, if you don't make the decision that I'm going to follow after God and, and draw close to him and allow my spirit man to be renewed day by day, I will dry up. I will become useless for the work of the kingdom. And each one of us, it shouldn't be that as we get older, we're like, oh, I want to do less for Jesus now. I want to do less. You know, that's my desire of my heart is that, you know, I've finished with him. That was that part of my life. And now, you know, I'm getting old, my body's old. But there should be something inside of us that is getting more excited about the things of God every day because we're being renewed and we understand more. The knowledge of God comes to us more. And as we read the scriptures, bits we didn't understand, we understand now and we're like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't realise I wasn't useless, but now I do realise that I'm not useless, that God loves me, that, that he cares for me and he's making me strong and you know, his promises are for me and I didn't really get that before. But as I'm reading the scripture... It's suddenly coming alive to me. It's like all of a sudden this rules of don'ts and do's and whatever else that's been there in front of my eyes as the Spirit of God speaks to me. It begins to reveal it in a different way. It never becomes about that. It becomes about the life that is now in Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit works with me and in me and through me. It gives me the desire and the power to do what pleases God. All right. Now, here we go. I love this verse. Romans 8, 14 to 16. So we're going now. We're going to be led by the Spirit of God, but how does the Spirit of God lead us? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Can you see what's happening here? His spirit joins with our spirit. Is that clear from that verse? There's an affirmation that comes from that, that we are God's children. So inside of us, the Spirit's joined with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. But we need to understand that because the Spirit has joined with our spirit, how far away from us is the voice of God? Let me give you an example. I'm married to Joanne and I fly to Sydney and I'm living in Sydney for three or four days and then coming back. How close is Joanne's voice while I'm in Sydney? Maybe I could ring her. Internet's gone out, phones are down, can't talk to her. I come back to Darwin. I'm at home with her. She's in the kitchen. I'm standing next to her. When am I going to hear Joe's voice more clearly? It's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> when I'm next to her. When I'm with her. And this is the blessing that God has. He says, I'm not just in heaven. And I'm not just this in heaven God that's not here with you. Jesus died. He said, I've got to go to heaven so I can send another, the comforter, who will come and he will be with you and he will be in you. That God said, I'm not going to be far away from you at all. I'm going to live inside your heart so that, that as a person who is born again, whose spirit is now alive to Christ, I am giving you this voice that lives inside of you. I'm giving the opportunity for you to hear from me, from God, the Father through the Holy Spirit who is me, living inside of you. So which Christian that is born again should hear the voice of God more clearly than the other? None of them, right? No matter what you think about yourself, God's voice is not more present to me than it's present to you, just because I'm a pastor. God's voice is not more present to your wife than to you because women are more intuitive. The voice of God is as close to you as it is to anybody else. So what does that mean? That, that the difference is not between where the voice is, it's how the ears are hearing, right? Does that make sense? The reason that someone might hear the voice of God more clearly than you is not because God's voice is closer to them, it's because they are closer to God. Now, let me explain that. It means that they might be taking the time to pray, they might be taking the time to praise, they might be taking the time to live their life for Jesus, they might be taking the time to, to spend moments in his presence. And their spirit, their spirit, is being cultivated to listen for the word of God. There's no difference. How do I know that that can happen? Because 
I used to be sitting in my chair watching TV at home, and all of a sudden I'd hear my voice, Neil. It wasn't Joe, it was my kids. They were in the same room as me going, Dad, 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 Dad. And then they said, Neil. <laughs> and I went, yes. Their voice was there the whole time. I just blocked it out. <laughs> it was very, it's quite a good gift I have. <laughs> but isn't that true? Or you're in a big crowd of lots of people and there's noise around you and all of a sudden you hear, this time I am listening, Dad. And there's five other people that said Dad, but my ears were tuned into my child. They knew that voice. And Jesus talked about that too. He said, my sheep will know my voice. Those who follow after me know my voice. They know my voice. And so when we talk about the call of God, we, we can, we're all called to God. There's no doubt about it. There are a million things that God has asked you to do that you've ignored. 100%. You've got that feeling, and this is where I'm going to go with the impression of the Holy Spirit on your life. So we've got his spirit joined where? Our spirit. Great. And what I want you to think about the spirit praying. So I just want to talk about um, the gift of tongues for a minute in terms of this. Because there's this cultivation of us, you know, maybe crucifying our flesh, maybe renewing our mind, getting to know who God is and, and, and letting ourselves hear from him. Now, I don't know what everyone believes about tongues here. I believe it's a gift from God, 100%. Um, I believe there are different types of tongues, as the Bible says. There's diverse types of tongues, so they're not all just the same. Not one's just a, a tongue of another language. Not one's just a prophecy in tongues and interpretation, but I believe in the prayer language of tongues. And why I believe in that is this, is that I, I know that the Bible says, in Corinthians it says that those who speak in tongues edify themselves, Right? In Jude, it talks about praying in the Holy Spirit, building up your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So there's this prayer language. Paul said, I am so glad I speak in tongues more than all of you, yet I would rather speak one word that someone can understand than a hundred words they can't. There's something about tongues that is an amazingly powerful gift that stirs up something within you. So let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15. For if I pray in tongues... My spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit. I will also sing in words that I understand. But where, what part of us is praying when we're speaking in tongues? Our spirit. Our spirit man. What, what, what is the spirit man? Where is the spirit man connected to? The Holy Spirit. So there's this connection, a deep connection in the spirit and that is why tongues is such a powerful thing for us to, to grab hold of if we can. Does it mean I don't have the Holy Spirit if I don't speak in tongues? Not at all. You definitely received the Holy Spirit the day you were born again but there is filling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible's pretty clear about it. Just read through Acts and see, see what you think. But, but it's almost like this. It's like, oh, I've just had one drink of water. I'll never drink water again. 
But God's saying this, that you need to cultivate that within you, your spirit man. And, and one of the ways that we can do that is speaking in tongues. Why is that? Because what will happen is that as we pray in the spirit and as we pray in understanding, something on the inside of us begins to witness with what God is saying to us. And if we listen to that, there'll be this impression, and I don't know how to explain it even, but something inside of you just knows what is right, what is wrong, where I should go, what I shouldn't do. Because the Spirit of God was sent to teach us and to grow us into truth. So John 16, 13 and Isaiah 48, 17. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit is inside of us to, to show us that what the future is, not like fortune-telling, but to show us the right way to go. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths that you should follow. God is wanting your spirit to be alive to him so that you can get that inner witness of God. What does that look like? So uh, the only way I can explain it is that you know something, but you don't know why you know it. There's been times in my life when it's been very, very clear that I should be doing a certain thing, but I don't know why. Even as I applied to become pastor of this church, it was against all odds. But I knew that this was an inner witness. That time I knew I would be pastoring the church, not because... I think I should or anything like that, but there's something inside of me that said, this is the right step for you. When I joined the fire brigade, it was the same. When I left the fire brigade, every decision that I wanted to take, it was always laid before God and there was an inner witness. An inner witness where I was driving along um, the Stuart Highway and just went past where Palms Caravan Resort is or whatever it is called nowadays. And I was like... I just felt uneasy in here. Just began praying in tongues. Don't know what I'm praying about. I'm just praying. I think it was a week later or two weeks later, my son has a car crash there. A semi-trailer runs up his rear at the traffic lights. He'd stopped. It kept going. Just a little bit shaken, but that was it. Was there something inside there that, that my, my spirit picked up? I need to pray about it. And I know that you probably feel the same thing sometimes. You get that something inside of you and you're like... I don't know why I feel uneasy. Or even I don't know why I feel excited. It could be the other way around. And that is a time for you to stop and begin to pray. If you are praying with tongues, pray in tongues. Pray with the understanding as well. As Paul said there, he says, I'll pray in the Spirit. I'll also pray with understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit. I'll also sing with understanding that, that, that God is stirring up something within you in your spirit. And guess what doesn't understand it just yet? Your mind, because that's maybe not fully renewed or, or your, it doesn't come to your mind. And your flesh, it's not revealed there, but the spirit revealing to spirit the things that are there. And that's a good time for you to just stop and pray. Stop and pray. Why do I feel uneasy, God? I don't know. And so what you might do is just spend a bit of time and you're going, God, I just feel uneasy. Can you just help me? Can you show me what to pray for? And, and let your spirit give some images to your mind even. It's like, oh, I just see this person. 
in my head, I just can't shake it. Have, have you ever had that where you're just thinking about someone? They, they just pop into your head and you haven't been talking with them, you haven't been with them, you haven't even been thinking about them and then all of a sudden they're in your head. Pray. Don't just go, oh, that's weird that I thought about so-and-so. <laughs> Pray. What about the promptings that you get? One of the most weirdest promptings I ever had was when I was doing a, a, actually a landscaping job and things weren't that great, lots of things happening. Um, we weren't actually doing a bad job, which was good, but there's certain people that stuff was in their mind anyway. We'd done this job, it was late on a Friday, we had to get the levels right so the water flowed out really well, but the yard looked terrible. Uh, not, not from us, but I was like, Friday afternoon, already knocked off, went home and was like, I'm going to go and mow that lawn. I don't know why, I just went around, made the lawn, made it look good. Not even in our contract. That very afternoon, after I'd gone home from there, someone flew in from some down south to inspect all the jobs and they came around and they inspected that job. And it looked good. Because I'd made the lawn, but if I hadn't made the lawn, it would look really bad. Well, that's not very spiritual isn't it? Don't you think God wants to walk with you wherever you are, at your job, in your family, with your friendships, with your relationships? That God wants to lead you where you're like, oh, I should really call that person and then you don't. I should really invite that person around, have a cup of tea with them, but I'm really busy. And so there's this impression from the Spirit that's saying, hey, this is important for you to do, but you just push it backwards. And one of the things that I want to see this year for us is that we take the weeds out of our life. That we take a moment to just go, it's actually not okay for me to be over busy and have no margin in my life. It is not okay for me to be worrying about all the things that the world should be worrying about and not focusing on God because what you're doing is clouding and putting dirt in your ears so you cannot hear the Spirit of God. Or if you do hear the Spirit of God, even worse, you disobey. You don't do. And it happens to all of us. It happens to every single one of us. But the only way to hear God's voice clearly is to make sure that you tend to the garden of the Spirit. Your spirit is fed when you read the Word of God with open eyes that are given to you from the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is fed when you spend time in worship and praise of God. Your spirit is fed when you're talking with other saints about the wonderful works of our Father. Your spirit is nourished when you go and do good works that Jesus has already prepared for you, your soul is nourished in obedience to God. And what that does, it opens up your ears so that you can hear what the Spirit is saying. We might all want to be used by God, but so often it's on our own terms. Use me, God. How about you just help greeting at church? No, no, no. I feel like I should do that, but I'm really busy. I'm always tired. I'm not going to do that. How about you invite someone over for a cup of tea? Oh, no, God, I don't want to be used like that. 
That's not what I'm talking about. I want something that I'm recognised at. Something that puts me in the picture. And I love it. You, you know, you, people, we get, we get that prompting. I remember there were times over at the other church, I know it probably still happens here, you haven't talked to Sue, but for some reason the person on morning tea couldn't do it or couldn't be there. And then people would come in and say, I just felt like baking this this morning. Again, it's like, really, God? But do you think God was about baking? They're saying, bring something. And around that, what happens? Fellowship. And so someone who maybe would have just gone home, oh, there's no morning tea, I'm just new here, I'm just going home, whatever. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I never heard this testimony. I'm just making things up as I go along. <laughs> it's true. They come in. Because, oh, there is a morning tea and, and someone actually chatted to me. Someone actually said hello to me and I'm new here or I'm old here and someone finally said hello to me. That can happen. <laughs> but even that, it's like Sunday morning, I'm too busy and God's saying, why don't you go out there and find someone you've never met before and chat with them? Uh, actually, what I'll do is I'll go and find my good friend that I talk to every day of the week and I'll go and sit with them and talk with them. Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But are you leaving room for obedience in your life where you can hear the word of God? Are you tending to your spirit? Because God's spirit has joined with your spirit. And if you let the spirit rule your life, if you go, okay, I'm not going to let my mind, I'm not going to let my flesh rule my life, I'm going to listen to God, you will find very quickly and very easily you are going to start to hear him talk to you. You'll get green lights, you'll get red lights. You'll know that that's the way I should go, you'll know that it isn't. Um, I know I've gone a bit long. <laughs> One more story. <laughs> of a red light, and this is why it's so important, to listen to your spirit, because, you know, the things that we can't see, they're the ones that are dangerous. I mean, the things we can see are the things that are dangerous. But the Holy Spirit tells us stuff that we don't know. So years ago, we, were at a, uh, we had a bit of a Bible study group and one of the ladies was talking and we were talking about the green lights and the red lights of the Holy Spirit. So you're praying, you're in this place of whatever it is with God and something just feels wrong. She was engaged to a guy, awesome guy apparently. On the outside, everything looked good. He was, you know, Mr. Churchman. Great, everyone loved him. And she broke it off. She said, I just did not feel right. On the outside, everything was good. Even the way he was treating her at the time. She said, just didn't feel right. I felt like there was something wrong. And I was praying and it just felt wrong. I broke it off with this guy. She got remarried to another guy who was awesome. Um, but as it transpired, that man was a wife beater when he got married. On the outside, everything looked good. But on the inside, there was something wrong. And this is why it's important for us, because we get blinded by what we can see. And we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate our life, to, to flood our life with light, so that we can be in the right place 
to hear his voice so that when he calls us, we're ready to hear and we're already a prepared vessel for his use. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your goodness. And Lord, this morning I'm just asking that you would speak to our spirits, Lord. And even as we prepare ourselves in worship to, to sing our, our ending songs, Lord God, that our hearts will become in tune with yours, Father. Lord, that we would remember that we shouldn't be dominated by our mind, we shouldn't be dominated by our flesh, but by our spirit, because our spirit has been joined with the Spirit of God and that we are born again. It may be that you've never given your life to God and you're walking through this life without that God, without the Holy Spirit inside of you. I just want to give the opportunity for you to give your heart to him this morning. Uh, Sue, when she gave communion, talked about you know, Jesus dying and rising for you. Is your sin that went on the cross and you need to be born again. It's imperative. It's the only way to see God. How do you get born again? Born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. How do you get born of the Spirit? You accept Jesus Christ as your Saviour. You ask for forgiveness of your sin and you commit your life to him. I'm going to just give you that opportunity to pray with me if that's you this morning. Father God, I just want to accept your forgiveness this morning. I pray right now that you would just make me whole. Holy Spirit, that you would come and live inside of me so that I can live for you from this day on. And Lord, 